Seth Wickersham, when you compare these two Super Bowl head coaches, Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid, what stands out to you, sir? Well, what makes it interesting to me is that it wasn't long ago that Reed was viewed like Shanahan is now, and all of us were wondering, what was that thing that was missing after all of those playoff losses? Why were these coaches who were so good and so influential around the league struggling to close in big games? And if you look at Kyle Shanahan's career, I mean, he's had a lot of success. Few people are as dangerous calling plays as he is. He's had four championship game appearances. This will be his second Super Bowl appearance. But he hasn't won that big game yet. And just four years ago, the first time these two teams met in the Super Bowl down in Miami, Andy Reid was basically in the same place, leaving us to wonder, like, can he close? Can he get over that final hump? The first time they met in the Super Bowl, the 49ers were up 10 in the fourth quarter. And then the Chiefs got hot. On first and goal, pass, open, touchdown, Kelsey, Chiefs are back in it. And it became a really tight game. And Andy Reid dialed up calls that opened space for his wide receivers, and Patrick Mahomes hit them. Mahomes throws, pass, caught, Williams, touchdown, Kansas City jumps on top. And that changed lives and legacies and perceptions. Kyle Shanahan, meanwhile, also dialed up calls that got receivers open and got them in open space. But his quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, missed them. Third down, Garoppolo throws, not there. Incomplete. Garoppolo airs it out. Sanders downfield is overthrown. And right now, that's the difference. Four years later, Andy Reid's Chiefs are on the verge of a dynasty, and Kyle Shanahan's 49ers have all they can ask for, which is another chance. You've been here before. Do you feel like there's unfinished business? Oh, there's, there's been unfinished business for a while, man. Uh, our team was set out for this for a long time, and we got it done today. It was hard at the beginning, but the character we have on our team, the type of guys we have, we can't wait to get to Vegas, man. Few football coaches, if any, can set up an offense for success like Kyle Shanahan. But a combination of bad luck and poor quarterback development have kept a Super Bowl title out of his grasp. So as the coach looks to change that once and for all this Sunday, our Seth Wickersham traces how Shanahan's offense took over the league and takes us inside the highs and lows of his tenure in San Francisco. I'm Clinton Yates. It's Wednesday, January 7th. This is ESPN Daily. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value, Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. 
Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Okay, Seth, you've written a profile on one of the more intriguing, but in some ways under the radar coaches in the NFL, meaning this. A lot of people know where Kyle Shanahan comes from. A lot of people know that he wears Jordans on the sidelines. A lot of people don't even know the sound of his voice, however, and he is the 49ers head coach. Why did you want to write about him? Because I I see somebody who's plateaued at a very, very, very high level, the highest level you can possibly plateau at in the NFL. But a plateau coming up just short of winning a Super Bowl is a plateau nonetheless. And I wanted to know what it was about someone who came into the league with all of this football education, arguably knew more about football than any coach coming into the league since, you know, Bill Belichick in 1975 with his pedigree. I wanted to know what are those things that you do in those quiet, desperate moments to try to get over the last little pieces of your career that you've been unable to put together and win a Super Bowl. Kyle is quite famously the son of Mike Shanahan, who won two Super Bowls with the Broncos back in the 90s. When you look at the journey as a son of a coach to a highly regarded and highly innovated coach in his own right, what was notable to you about his early development beyond just the knowledge he brought to the league? I think from a young age, he was someone who was not only ambitious, but understood the stakes of his ambition. He understood that being a Shanahan in football meant something fundamentally different. Like, let's go back to his years in high school at Cherry Creek High in Denver. He played quarterback for a bit. Now, that to me is interesting because the son of Mike Shanahan in Denver would not only play football, but choose the one position with every eye on him was very revealing to me. He wanted it all, even as a teenager. Of course, the problem, as it is for most of us high school quarterbacks, was ability. He took a ton of pride in his throwing mechanics, but, you know, his dad is a very sophisticated quarterback evaluator, obviously, and he reached a conclusion when Kyle was in high school was that he wasn't a very natural thrower. And he suggested that his son move to receiver where, you know, that lankiness could be an asset. So Kyle switched positions, but he never lost that kind of quarterback mentality, that blind confidence to go at it alone. And he would run routes against Broncos defensive backs at the Broncos facility, learning all kinds of tricks and learning how to be great. And one day, a coach from Duke University stopped by the Broncos facility and saw him, and he asked Mike Shanahan, well, who's that? And Mike told him that that was his son. And that's how Kyle Shanahan got a scholarship to Duke. Funny how nepotism works, but (laughs) Kyle managed to avoid that stigma a little bit. He took his first pro coaching gig in 2004. He was a quality control specialist with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers under John Gruden. Now, having landed an NFL job, what was Kyle's approach towards forging his own path, one separate from his father's? It's interesting because you look at Bill Belichick's sons, for instance, and this is going to be the first year that they work in football outside of an ecosystem 
that their dad is the boss of. And when Kyle decided to be a coach, his dad gave him two pieces of advice. Well, actually, he gave him quite a bit. But like one of them was that he needed to work for someone else other than his dad. He needed to go out and prove himself. Otherwise, everybody would just see him as being one of those nepotism kids. And look, Kyle has led a privileged life, a privileged football life. And to me, he's rewarded those gifts and those blessings beyond belief with hard work. He goes to work for John Gruden, and he works a lot with the defensive coaches, learning that defensive side of the ball from Mike Tomlin, from Raheem Morris, um, from Rod Marinelli. And he was getting a well-crafted and full-circle football education. And I think that by the time that he went to work for his dad in Washington, he had already been the youngest quarterback coach in the NFL, and he became the youngest offensive coordinator in the NFL. This is where we should loop back to what we alluded to at the top of the conversation, because the narrative around Kyle right now is that he's got this big monkey on his back. Can he finally win the big one? Refresh our memories, Seth, as to why people believe that that is the case to begin with. Yeah, you're right. He, he does have that perception dogging him. And he's 44 years old now, and he's reaching the point in his career where, you know, he's not a spring chicken anymore. He's no longer the precocious young guy. He's got some gray in that beard, and legacies are beginning to harden a little bit. And I think it really goes back to the Patriots' Super Bowl when he was the offensive coordinator with the Falcons. He helped them get out to a 28-3 lead, and we all know what happened next. It was a meltdown that even now when you see replays of that game on TV, you wonder how it happened. You wonder how the Falcons could have possibly lost that game. And they had chances, even though the Falcons did so much to blow it, they still had chances to win it. And with about four minutes left in the fourth quarter, thanks to some nifty play calling by Kyle and some unbelievable throws by Matt Ryan and an unbelievable catch by Julio Jones, they got down near the Patriots' red zone, and then it was a total collapse. Rather than running the ball to drain the clock, rather than realizing that the clock was the Falcons' biggest enemy at that point, Kyle called a series of passes. Now, all of those passes were not individually bad calls. Like, for instance, Kyle, when he looks back on that series of play calls, he thinks he probably should have called plays for someone other than Julio who the Patriots were expecting to get the ball. But the net result of those play calls in that situation was an epic disaster. You had Matt Ryan take a bad sack, the one sack you can't take in that situation, off of a deep drop that Kyle had called. He cocks his right arm, he moves, he's grabbed, he's sacked! Down again he goes, Trey Flowers, it's a loss of 12! You had Matt Ryan complete a pass that got them back into field goal range, wiped out by a holding call. The net result of all of that was that the Falcons had to punt. They gave the ball back to Tom Brady. Toss the white. He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth! What a comeback! And that was the beginning of this, these questions around the league about Kyle, was that 
Is he too aggressive at times? Can his aggressiveness be used against him? And even though he's a brilliant play caller and nobody ever questions his acumen and design, could he close? And let's fast forward to him as head coach of the 49ers. In February of 2020, Shanahan's 49ers are up 10 in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes led them on two scoring drives in the fourth quarter to put them ahead. Back comes Shanahan's 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo can't quite connect on a couple passes that probably would have won the game. And Kyle Shanahan is left again wondering what teeny things can he do in those critical moments to put his team ahead. Two years after that, Shanahan's 49ers are up 10 in Los Angeles against the Los Angeles Rams and once again can't close. Matthew Stafford gets hot, very much like Patrick Mahomes did in the Super Bowl, and the Rams end up winning that game, going on to win the Super Bowl after that. Garoppolo under pressure in the air, intercepted by the Rams, and they may ride to the Super Bowl on that. So those are some of the big disappointments, the narrow misses, but the thing that's plagued him the most and perhaps prevented other playoff berths in other seasons has been the lack of a star at the quarterback position. Because look, for as charmed as Shanahan's tenure has been in San Francisco, scouting quarterbacks, developing quarterbacks, keeping quarterbacks has been a struggle. They've landed on Brock Purdy for now. We all know what happened in last year's NFC Championship game when he got hurt. But please do give us the TikTok in the journalist term, not in the social media term, of how we got here. Well, it's fascinating because Kyle is clearly one of the best coaches in the NFL, if not the best, at coaching quarterbacks. But when it comes to scouting and evaluating them, it's a completely different story. For instance, the 49ers didn't even scout Patrick Mahomes when he was coming out of the draft. Instead, they picked a defensive end out of Stanford. A year later, the Patriots basically gave them Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round pick, the player that Bill Belichick was counting on to succeed Tom Brady and had invested so much in. He goes to the 49ers. They make him the highest-played player in 2018. After the Super Bowl, when Garoppolo just couldn't connect on some of those critical throws, Tom Brady was a free agent. He wanted to join the 49ers. He was willing to forego his entire free agency tour to go back home to the team that he grew up rooting for and play for Kyle. Shanahan had his entire offensive staff review all of Tom Brady's throws from 2019. And while they concluded that he was probably better than Jimmy Garoppolo, they determined that he wasn't going to make the team that much better. And then he goes on to win the Super Bowl that year. And that year when Shanahan is having a tough time, they didn't make the playoffs that year, he had soured on Garoppolo. He had told the staff that he thought they could win a Super Bowl with Nick Mullins. That obviously didn't happen. That offseason, the 49ers miss out on the Matthew Stafford sweepstakes. He's unable to trade for Aaron Rodgers. And with you know, seared memories in his head of his dad competing in the NFL with good quarterbacks but not able to win a Super Bowl without John Elway, the 49ers trade three first-round picks to move up nine spots in the 2021 draft to pick Trey Lance. Now look, that was a lot of assets to give up for an uncertain first-round pick for the third quarterback picked in that draft. 
and Lance, of course, didn't pan out. It was an epic failure. He ended up getting traded to the Cowboys earlier this season. And so when you zoom back on Kyle's career, I mean, few coaches could have survived such an epic failure, both in terms of security and humiliation. Team owner Jed York was never going to fire Kyle Shanahan. He believes in him too much, and he believed in the process that led to the Lance trade, even if the result didn't pan out. But let's look at that. I mean, that was a disaster trade that everybody got bailed out of because Brock Purdy ended up being an incredible player, even though he was the last pick in the draft. Now, the thing that's not really been in question is Shanahan's prowess as a tactician. You write that nearly half the league runs a version of what we'll just call the Shanahan offense, air quotes. How did that come to be? And break down for me what makes it so potent. It's really fascinating because you just hear that all the time, the Shanahan offense, kind of like the West Coast offense. And it's this potent expression of power and space and math. And the Shanahan offense is potent regardless of personnel, regardless of situation and circumstance. And so there's an element of mystery to it. I mean, sometimes we don't even know which Shanahan is responsible for the Shanahan offense. Is it Mike? Is it Kyle? Does it start with the outside zone running play that Mike Shanahan obviously made famous? I believe that there is no Shanahan offense, and it would be so much easier if there were, if it was as simple as a playbook that people could make copies of and take to their teams. It's all Kyle. The form it takes is whatever he conjures up on a weekly basis— his ingenuity, his energy, his vision. And it's similar to the way conductors often hear music a certain way in their heads and have to find a way to translate that sound to others to achieve that vision. It's, it's not pretty all the time, but it always ends up working out on Sundays. Not going to lie, Seth, the effort to make all this happen sounds brutal. What is it like to be a part of a staff that has to build this game plan week in and week out against different NFL opponents every single night? I mean, Kyle's process can be dark and volatile. Um, you know, you get a couple beers into his former assistants and, you know, they will tell stories that start to sound like they endured a kind of trauma. <laughs> you know, one whipping boy leaves for a better job elsewhere. Another steps up, eager to learn, eager for the chance, eager to learn from Kyle Shanahan and pick his brain. What happens is that Kyle begins the week in a dark place, and all he can see is ways that they can lose the game, all the obstacles that they can't overcome. And by the end of the week, though, he's found a way to believe, and he translates that belief to his players. John Lynch, the 49ers GM, told me about his favorite meetings of the week. They're on Friday afternoons, and it's when Kyle gathers the offense, and they go through the plays that they're going to run and why they're going to be successful. And Kyle is so good in these meetings. He makes players believe. He gets them excited. They get a glimpse of his staggering ethic and brilliance and ability to take insurmountable problems and turn them into solvable solutions. Lynch enjoyed those meetings so much, as a matter of fact, that he suggested that Kyle do the same thing for the defense. And so he started doing that for the defensive side of the ball on Saturday afternoons showing them all of the ways that they're going to suffocate the opposing offense. And I think that while we think of Kyle as an offensive genius, and clearly he is, 
He is a total head coach. He's well-versed in offense, defense, and special teams. And that's one of the reasons that it makes him so special is because it's not just the offensive side of the ball that's coming out of his brain. It's that the team, the full team, is an extension of his thinking on the field. Coming up, what Shanahan thinks of his current Niners squad. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Seth, I want to take a moment to look at how Shanahan leads this team. For the sake of painting a portrait of what that looks like, let's turn to last year's NFC Championship game. Brock Purdy gets injured, the Niners lose. Can you describe the scene in the team locker room afterward? I mean, it was beyond devastation. I had never seen a game like that unfold where it was essentially over with 53 minutes left in the game, where one team is basically just running out the clock on the other with a Super Bowl at stake. Um, It was just brutal and cruel. It felt cosmically unfair. And after the game, Shanahan is trying to say something to the team. What do you say after a game like that? And he teared up when he addressed them. And it was pain, not only of inevitability thwarted, because they thought they were going to win that game. They thought last year was their year. The Eagles were cocky, but they felt like they were going to beat them. But it was the pain of not having a chance to even show how good you could be. How would you describe his leadership style in general on and around game days, as opposed to just what happens during the week in his dark places to light? He's clearly of the cut similar to his dad and similar to Bill Belichick and similar to Bill Walsh, where most of his leadership comes from his intellectual capabilities and the fact that he can design schemes that put players in the best position they can to make plays, win games, and get paid on the other end. As hard as he can be on people, he has a nuanced leadership style. He throws like a great party for players right before the season starts. 
He makes sure that his assistant coaches get out at a good hour on Thursday and Fridays during game week so they can see their families. Unlike some of these coaches who just keep everybody there from 6 a.m. until midnight every day of the week. He's a funny guy to hang out with. I remember a couple years ago, I was at the hotel bar at the league meetings. This was down in Orlando. And there's owners around and coaches around and media around and executives. And it was a pretty quiet night. It was past midnight at that point. And then out of nowhere, we hear in these barroom growls, people singing. And everyone kind of looks over and they're like, what? Who is singing? And it was Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch singing You Lost That Love and Feel into their wives in pure Top Gun style. So I think that like when you look at who Kyle is as a person, he's someone who's done something that's pretty special and pretty hard coming from a son of a coach. He's managed to figure out a way to lead a team and be successful within his own personality. We're all waiting for you to sing, Seth. (laughs) I forgot my guitar at home. In all seriousness, though, what do you think sets this team apart from the other team Shanahan has coached, and what has he told you about that? I mean, I think it's their scars. That's the most interesting thing, and that's what drew me to want to write about Kyle Shanahan. He's, He's talked about it publicly now, where he references those scars, and... Of course, he, he doesn't explain them because we all know what they are. They've all happened on the biggest stages in sports. You know, 28 to 3, the blown lead in the Super Bowl, the blown lead against the Rams. But along with his scars, I think watching the team in the playoffs this year, they entered the playoffs this year 0-30 in Shanahan's career when trailing by five or more points in the fourth quarter. That's an astounding statistic. It's also a a revealing one. And I think that because that team has managed to come back against the Packers and the Lions, I think that along with those scars, Shanahan has referenced something else and that he's got a team that can figure it out, that can overcome their own mistakes, that can exploit the the mistakes that the opponents give them. I'm glad we came back. I'm glad we could do that stuff, but um, I never felt like we couldn't. Glad that we did the last two weeks, but how will that play in the next one? With their experiences these last two weeks should make him feel a lot more confident. He's got a team that can figure it out, regardless of situation and circumstance. We opened this segment with the scene from last year's NFC Championship game. I'd like to close on a scene from this year's championship game. You uncovered details about what was going on behind the scenes at halftime as the Niners were down 17 points to the Lions. People thought they were cooked. And when it comes to understanding Kyle Shanahan, I think that's the scene we want to leave our listeners with today. So, Seth, please do tell us how that played out. Well, so they're down 24 to 7 at halftime, and it wasn't a good 24 to 7. The 49ers had been completely dominated on defense and on offense. And Joe Montana was in Jed York's suite. And look, the mood in that room, they were down, they were dispirited. And Montana, of course, was not. So Joe Montana said something that not only spoke to his most essential self, but also to the current iteration of the 49ers. He brought up two games, and neither of those games were his four Super Bowl wins. He referenced the Cotton Bowl when he was with Notre Dame in 1979 and the NFC Championship game in 1982, which, of course, famously was the catch. 
Those were the two comebacks that began to etch his legend. And he told everyone in the suite that those were two of his worst games. But he added that people don't remember them that way. They remember them as his greatest games, his best performances, examples of why he retired as the greatest ever. So Montana told the room that this game wasn't over and that sometimes the worst games end up with the best finishes. And he said, that's what Brock is going to do today. And nobody knew it in the owner's suite, but Kyle Shanahan was saying the exact same types of things down in the locker room. He referenced that the 49ers were down 17 points, and he said 17 points is not that much. We've done this before, and we're not going to go out this way. And they could do it if they played and they coached their best. Now, that's different than Kyle Shanahan at most halftimes. Usually he's making adjustments, he's tinkering, he's leading intellectually. What he said to his team was straight Vince Lombardi. It was straight from the heart. And I think that the 49ers believed it because they could see in their coach's eyes that he believed it. And we saw what they did in the second half. Juszczyk ahead of McCaffrey from the two-yard line. They give it to Christian off the right side. Touchdown! Francisco, they're an extra point away from tying the title game. He had gotten that team to play a way that even they weren't sure they could play in that type of situation. And that leaves only one thing left. But the character of this team these last two weeks, and we felt it through that whole game. And I can't thank everyone in this room enough, man. All right, hats off to all you guys. We know we set out to get to here. We know how sure we were last year. We know how that felt. But as always, this is not the one that we set out to get. Let's go. All right, it's not the one we set out to get. Medicine three, one, two, three. Thank you, Seth. My pleasure. I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.